Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Air It Out podcast. I'm your host, Ryan the Goose Oscar, here with you as always in episode 43. And uh, you, I know you missed us. I know you missed us. we got to bring it to you. Uh, so, some names that used to wear the, the number 43, looking at guys like R.A. Dickey, Kendrick Perkins, Michael Thompson, Clay Thompson's dad, uh, Larry Brown, who played for Washington, Pascal Siakam now, Darren Sproles, great return man, Dennis Eckersley, great Troy baseball Palomalu. player. And that's that's where I was going right there to end <laughs> it, was Troy Palomalu. This will be the Palomalu episode. Love the hair. Jolan, welcome back, my friend. We've been off. We were off a week. Uh, you were having a little fun uh, while I was holding it down here in New Jersey. And uh, welcome back. Um, honorable mention, Darren Sproles, too, for that shout-out. Yep. Oh, I, I got him in there. Did you? Oh, yeah. man. Oh, yeah. Long week off, but we're back, baby. Yo, yeah. Let's get it rocking and rolling again here on the Air It Out podcast, episode 43, if you keep track at home. Uh, we'd never like to make you do a lot of math because that's not something we would like to do. So why would we want our listeners to do that? But let's get right into it, Joel. We've been doing this Paydays and Purges uh, segment and uh, it's coming to its conclusion, unfortunately, here as we round into some serious draft talk coming up in the next few weeks. Uh, we got the AFC and the NFC East, two divisions that, in my opinion, are heading in very opposite directions. Let's get it started. Ooh, that's an interesting comment. Let's start with the AFC East. Let's start with the Jets. Obviously, they're in a very com- comfortable position with the second overall pick. They're fourth in cap. Some notable signings. They got wide receiver Corey Davis, Keenan Cole. And they signed Tevin Coleman. They got a bunch of other signings in there. Not as notable. Goose, who do you cut? Who do you keep? You like these signings, obviously, because they're getting through their cuts now. What do you like here? Well, I mean, listen, if they played on the Jets team last year, they should be cut, period. That's a lot of guys. Sam Darnold? Um, But, yeah, no, I think eventually (laughs) Sam Darnold's gone. I think they look quarterback in the draft. Everything seems to imply that. And for whatever reason... Zach Wilson's pro day from BYU is, for some reason, for some people, the end-all, be-all, and that's why the Jets have to take him. Uh, I think if the Jets didn't love him before, I don't think much changes on a pro day, to be completely honest with you. But I do think they love the kid, and I and I actually think that's who they end up drafting. But uh, the Jets, man, listen, they, they it's very easy for them to go out and just dump the brink, back up the Brinks truck and open it up to whomever wanted to come to town, but they didn't. They did some of these smaller signings. Corey Davis is a good receiver. He's got to stay healthy, but he's a good receiver. Tevin Coleman knows Robert Sala very well, played with him, uh, played for him uh, on the offensive side of the ball in San Francisco. Uh, Keelan Cole, we saw, did well, I believe. Was that Jacksonville last Jacksonville, year? Yeah, he's a yeah, there. yeah. I mean, he played well, and, and that's you're starting to see the Jets surround themselves with weapons, Joel, and the reason I say they're going to take quarterback is we, we saw a massive trade that we're going to talk about in a little bit, and the Jets weren't involved. And the haul for it makes you think that you're going quarterback because you, you don't turn down that type of haul for a wide receiver, for, you know, and again, maybe, maybe an offensive tackle, but you don't necessarily need one, I think, if you're the Jets. Becton's got that left side. Down pat, I think it's a lot easier to find and develop a right tackle than it is a left tackle. So if, if I'm the Jets, I, I think they're pl- I think they're they're playing as quarterback. So if they go quarterback at two, where's Sam Darnold's best fit? Uh, likely on the sideline somewhere. Um, no, but <laughs> in all seriousness, probably a backup role. 
I would I, I think the Steelers are a very interesting fit potentially for Sam Darnold, a, a team that always that is always seemingly needing, you know, a backup to Big Ben Roethlisberger. Uh Jameis Winston didn't work out with the the one year he was there. Uh so you know, it's just one of those things. It, I, I expect him to be a backup, not a starter, and I think that that's his role if the Jets decide to go quarterback. It's interesting you mentioned Jameis Winston, too, because he obviously was a starter for his team, and then he had to go take a second backup role. I like the Rams there. I think maybe it, it, someone uh, to back up Stafford, you know. That's interesting. Know. It's interesting. We'll move forward with the New England Patriots. Obviously a rocky season from what we know and what we expect from them. They're 14th uh, this year in cap, and they have the 15th overall pick. Um, they extended David Andrews, and they got some notable acquisitions in Johnny Smith, Hunter Henry. They also extended Cam Newton. And then Pat Chung retires from their secondary. Some holes to fill, some needs to fill. What do you like here with this team? What direction do you think they're headed in? Right, a very interesting offseason because it's different than what we've seen in the past. We have not seen Bill Belichick spend this type of money before, yet every time I saw them sign a guy – it seemed like I went, wow, that seems like a Patriot guy. You know, so maybe they overpaid for a guy like Hunter Henry, who, who's got some injury history. Maybe they overpaid for, you know, they've gotten some D tackles up front. You know, maybe they did overpay, but in the end, if they fit the scheme and Bill can do what Bill does best and get the best out of them, it, it's going to pay off in the end. And, and picking 15th, you know, there's a lot. There's a lot. You know, you've heard them rumored, you know, with a guy like potentially Mac Jones. Uh, a young quarterback, and I think that's why they signed Cam because they just didn't have a a, a, a clear cut direction that they're going to go in. Unfortunately, I think 15th is too low for them to get Mac Jones. I think Jones is going to go higher than that, uh, so they would have to trade up and trade capital, which again would be very unprecedented, w- would break precedent, I should say, for Bill Belichick. Uh, but but maybe it's it's a funky year. It has been a funky year, year and a half. So you you never know what you could do and, and what to expect from them, I have no clue. But the Chung retirement, him and Dante Hightower, all those guys were coming back. Chung committed to coming back, then said he was stepping away from the game and retiring. Again, we wish him all the best. A great, great safety for that team and uh, did a lot for them. Let's move on to the team that I expect to be the best in the division next year because they were the best in the division last year, the Buffalo Bills. They have a 24th in cap and have the 30th pick. Some notable acquisitions, or extensions rather, Matt Milano got extended and they signed Taewon Jones at running back and Mitch Trubisky to back up Josh Allen. Do you like this team reloading? Do you think they can make a deep run? Buffalo Bills, let's talk. I do. I wonder what their, I wonder what this whole running back situation is because it's really the one thing that missed from their offense last year. But again, you look at it, they're picking, what, 30th this year? You know, is a guy like Travis Etienne there in the in the back end of the round? Again, we'll we'll do that much like we did last year. We'll do a full mock draft and everything. But I'm saying, you know, it just seems to me like that's one of their big weaknesses, one of their big spots that they weren't able to really be effective in is running the football. I wonder if they go a, a little bit more committal to that and and find a way to get some explosion in that run game, which is only going to make Josh Allen bigger, better, and better than he was last year. I mean, when you think about that team reloading, it's going to be scary, especially if they can land a guy like Najee Harris. Yep. Or something oh, like that. Yeah, Harris is a great back, that, too. That team could really explode and make a deep, deep run in the playoffs again. Similar to last year. Let's move, out. Let's move on to the final team in the AFC East. And now it's interesting because they implicate the NFC East a lot with their recent scenario. They're 17th in cap, 
But now, Goose, where do they pick? Let's break that down. Yeah, that would be the the Miami Dolphins, uh, a team last year I thought would make a big jump, and they did. You know, they came a game away from the playoffs and, and Fitzmagic, the whole nine yards. They lose him to Washington. We'll talk about that in a little bit. And, uh, you know, but they do sign Will Fuller, who I, I don't – does he have games left on that suspension? He might have four because of what happened last year. Okay, yeah, no, I know he got suspended. I think he was. I think he was out. Uh, I think he. The I think final he was five out. games. I think so. So he might have. He might have a game left. A game or two left on that suspension. Uh, they signed Jacoby Brissett, obviously, to take the backup role there. Uh, and really, I think them not going after Fitzmagic was really more of a sign. You know that they that they trust Tua, and even more of a sign that they trust Tua this year is the trade they made. Then they were going to pick third in this draft. They traded with San Francisco. San Francisco gave up the twelfth overall pick, a twenty twenty two third round pick, a twenty twenty two first round pick, and a twenty twenty three first round picks. So that's three first round picks and a third round pick for the number three spot. Again, that's that's the hole we were talking about that the Jets. Did obviously didn't want to give up because I think they got somebody in mind. So now Philly, you know, now Miami goes back to 12. They weren't done yet. So they traded a couple picks, ended up getting up to six with Philly. And so now they're going to pick sixth in this year's draft uh, in a prime spot again, because we're seeing a lot of these teams line up for quarterbacks. You know, they're, they're lining up at the market. You know, they want the fresh cut. They're getting quarterbacks. We may see one through four, one through five potentially be quarterbacks, and then Miami's sitting there. They got the they got the choice of cream of the crop. So let's let's break down this whole trade oh step boy. by step. Now San Francisco is number three. I know Correct. they're not in the AFC East, but where do you think San Francisco goes? Is it guaranteed quarterback? Do they guaranteed have a that guy? seems like a quarterback? I I don't I especially a team with a left tackle with a star tight end. So that takes out a guy like Penny Sewell at left tackle, a guy like Kyle Pitts at tight end because you already have George Kittle. So this is a quarterback move in my eyes. The question is where do you, where do you offload Jimmy Garoppolo? And and I that that's an interesting scenario, especially we were talking about the Pats before. I, I you could see a reunion. I don't know. He's got a decent sized contract. I believe it'd be about twenty five mil after incentives per year for the next two years. Now, which quarterback goes three? Assuming Trevor Lawrence goes one. Who do you, you think Jets right. go? I think the Jets go with Zach Wilson. I think they've fallen in love with the BYU star. So you, now you guys have you have guys like Mac Jones, Trey Lance out of uh, North Dakota State. Correct. And then obviously um, Justin Fields out of Ohio State. Out of those three, because they seem to separate themselves from the rest of the bunch, Right. who do you like there for San Francisco? Well, I think we've seen in, in past history with Kyle Shanahan, it would be Mac Jones, that it's the slam dunk. Really? With They're all those just weapons, with that line. Based on what Kyle Shanahan has dealt with, right? Matt Ryan, Jimmy Garoppolo, Mac Jones fits that scheme better. Now, again, he's gotten to both Super Bowls with leads in those fourth quarters, and it's gone away. So does he go something different? Does he go with a guy like Justin Fields who would add another dimension to that offense, right? We're talking about these standstill quarterbacks with Fields in there. He can run a little bit too. You can maybe run a little read option with them just to at least keep the threat there. So I would go Justin Fields if I'm San Francisco. Well, it makes a ton of sense considering their run-pass option. Now, what do you think Miami does here? They're sitting six. You think three quarterbacks go at least in the top three. 
Are they looking for a big play receiver, or do you think they have to get another lineman, Penny Sewell, Slater up there, or is that too high of a jump? I, I think, no, listen, both of those guys are good enough to be picked in that spot. I think this is Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts. I really do. I think offensive weapon-wise, and again, you know, Cincinnati sit in front of them, and they could take either one of those guys, but I think they're. I think they might lean Sewell or Slater uh, because they need to protect Joe Burrow in a bad, bad way. Um, but it, like I said, well, I'll wait to make that official prediction later. But that's. I, I think that's an interesting. I think it's Chaser Pitts. Really, I think those are the guys they're eyeing right now. They're definitely separating themselves as the draft process goes along. Kyle Pitts has been shooting up the radar. I wouldn't even be surprised if he goes top five, maybe to the Bengals or something like that. Maybe we'll go to the NFC East now, and it's funny. Because the Eagles trading back with Miami for the 12th pick lines up spots 10, 11, and 12 in the draft order being in the NFC East. We'll start with the number 10th pick. Dallas Cowboys, they have the 10th pick, obviously. They're 18th in cap. Nothing really going on for them. I know they signed Keanu Neal at safety. They're in talks with Malik Hooker. But it's been a down year if you like Jerry Jones spending money. Let's start with the Cowboys. Who do you like here? Is this team going to be, make a deep run? Well, unless you're Dak Prescott. Dak <laughs> Prescott gets his massive extension. Great point. One of the most uh, odd scenarios, Joel, and we have, you know, Jerry Jones, we know, overpays for everybody. Mm-hmm. He would overpay for us to fly down there right now. I'll do but, it. Uh, you know, uh, Dak coming off an injury, I didn't think he'd pay him. Uh, honestly, coming off that injury, I thought he'd have to do it on a one-year prove it deal. Jerry proved us wrong. Dak got a great deal for himself. Now, in terms of the team, they still don't have much of a defense. They're they, their offensive line is deteriorating. Their quarterback is coming off major injury. So it's very, eh. Like Keanu Neal of three years ago, you're like, holy cow, this is, this is a signing. Keanu Neal now, I believe, went through an ACL tear and an Achilles tear in back-to-back years. So it, it, it's just not comfortable. I believe Malik Hooker came off an Achilles injury at one point, nonetheless, too. So they really like those Achilles. Do you think the Cowboys right now are in total rebuild? But it's hard to say that because your quarterback's the highest paid in the league, your running back's the highest paid in the league, and your receivers are top three highest paid in the league, Amari Cooper. Yeah. you got Jalen Smith with all his guaranteed money. It's hard for them to commit. To Marcus Lawrence, too. It's hard for them to commit to a rebuild when you're paying some of the top guys in the league right now to not produce, do you think they address a need in the draft? Or do they kind of trade back, get more assets, and start to build up this team? No, I think they go after need. I I think they're too prideful. Some of it is stubbornness. Some of it is arrogance. And some of it is ignorance. And, (laughs) you know, listen, they got to see the light. And there's another NFC team, East team, that's got to see the light too that we're going to talk about here coming right up. But it, it's, it, it is really the Cowboys will. I do not see them going into a full rebuild mode. They stick it out because they're make me barf. They're America's team, you know, and, and it's just it's a pride thing. So where do they go with 10? Well, at 10. All these needs, oh, man. line. Well, they're not going to go receiver. They uh, they, I, I didn't c- think they'd go receiver last year, and C.D. Lamb ended Yeah, up but I can't imagine they go receiver again. I, I would imagine, I think a guy like Slater could be in play for them. If he doesn't go in the top 10, uh, Rayshon Slater out of Northwestern, I believe he, he could be a big piece for them, again, in part in rebuilding that offensive line. And he could play inside or out, which maybe if he can play right tackle, you can move Zach Martin back into right guard which is his natural position, which is the all-pro, which is the $14 million a year guard that we saw, right? So, 
you know, we if they can do that, I think that could that could help rebuild that offensive line. They're in a full rebuild in terms of that offensive line, but you know, not not in terms of the whole team. So from one team making basically no moves to another team that's made a ton of moves, and I'm not just saying that because I'm a fan of them, the New York Giants. They are the 11th pick in this year's draft, right behind the Dallas Cowboys at 10. They're 20th in cap, but despite that, they've had big signings like Kenny Galladay, Adoree Jackson, Leonard Williams got his extension, additions of John Ross, and then Blake Martinez and James Bradbury got their extensions. And then Fulton, I believe his name is, right? Yeah, Zach Fulton. He replaces Kevin Zeitler at guard is in a kind of a need. Now all the windows are opened up. A couple weeks ago, there was all these needs for the Giants, but they have addressed those needs Somewhat in free agency, and now um, the draft looks more of as a depth filler. Where do the Giants go? Do you like all these signings? Do you think we pay too much for some? What do you say? Uh, I mean, I definitely think for Adoree Jackson, we probably paid a little bit too much. Uh, it's a great signing, but I'd still love to get him a little bit cheaper. Him and uh, Galladay, both of their cap hits moving forward are going to be a problem. Uh, they're going to have to be restructured at some point. Same with probably Leonard Williams. John Ross, I think, was a very underrated signing. He's a very good speedster. Uh, we know he ran the, I believe he ran a four one nine in the 40. 40. You know, one of the, the fastest 40 that we've ever seen at the Combine. So uh, he can burn it. He's got to stay healthy. Uh, Bradbury Martinez restructuring their contracts, obviously, for the betterment of the team. Fulton's interesting because, again, Kevin Zeitler was a guy, he was going to get paid $12 million, that's why they cut him, and he signed a deal for $7 million a year. So you're telling me you couldn't get in that negotiation table and work him down to seven? He could not You're going to tell me he wouldn't restructure? Eh, I'm kind of calling BS on that one. you know. Makes so, uh, But listen, there are no excuses anymore for this Giants team. There are zero excuses. Daniel Jones has to play well this year. Period. Exclamation point. End of story. There is no ifs, ands, or buts. There is no this, this, or that. This team, because I think Andrew Thomas is going to be better this year in his second year. And I, I guys, it just, I, it's gotta, it's time. It's time. This is it. The Listen, I didn't believe in Daniel Jones from Jump Street, <laughs> and I got, and I got jumped for saying that. Okay, and here we are. This is the biggest season of Daniel Jones's football career, not his professional career, his football career, period. Like guys at 11th pick right now, wide receivers, linemen, where do you think the Giants go here? And yeah. what does that mean for some other guys in the team? I I know they're eyeing up a guy like Micah Parsons from Penn State, which would be really interesting to pair him with Blake Martinez. You get two real solid dudes in there. I know there's some issues surrounding Parsons that I got to read more into uh, to fully understand, but uh, and I believe it's I believe yeah. yeah I was just gonna say I believe it's off the field, and uh, so but I think that that's a that's a clear direction uh, if he doesn't go inside the top ten. Listen, but again, I think they're in a spot. I wouldn't be surprised if they went receiver. I wouldn't be surprised if they just continue to get more weapons and, and, and different different assets. Now, uh, could you take a corner? Yeah, I mean you got a Dory and you got and that's it. That secondary is really good. It's the best in football. So you can say with the departure of John Johnson from the Rams, right? And and so I would look. You're you're probably because I don't I don't I'm not thinking of any linemen outside of Sewell and Slater, and I don't think they get there. And so I'm looking I'm looking linebacker, defensive lineman, or receiver. So if we do get receiver, do you think this is Shepard's last year? Yeah, year, that's it. yeah, and again too, I think that's why maybe you're more inclined to do that. 
Uh, and and you would take a guy like a Jalen Waddle, who I think would play in the slot very, very well for the Giants, because, again, Shepard's one hit away from his career being done. In yeah. terms of concussions and everything that he's gone through, He the, the it is a viable, very, very big risk that they take by putting him out there. So I, I think it could be his last year with the team. So you like Giants going receiver as a fan and as a realist? Where do the Giants go? Yeah, as a fan, I, I would love a guy like Jalen Waddle because I think he can do so much. He can do so much in the return game. He can do so much. Because, again, even if you get to the point where, oh, our wide receiver room is stacked, well, he could return kicks too. You know, <laughs> which is, uh, you know that that's pretty that's pretty darn good. I want to see how well he runs uh, coming off that ankle injury. I think realist, I think I think Micah Parsons is the guy at 11. I Right now, from what I can hear, I think Micah Parsons is the guy. Now let's move on to the 12th pick in the Philadelphia Eagles. Like I said, 10, 11, 12, like that. Now they have a couple of departures. Obviously, Carson Wentz is gone. They're bringing in Jalen Hurts to be their quarterback one. Uh, they're 32nd in cap, dead last. They obviously haven't made a bunch of signings because of that. Where do you like this team? What are they? What is this team? Well, I don't like this team. Listen, just <laughs> just as a fan and a realist, honestly, this team is one of those teams again that's too prideful. Uh, they think too much of themselves. They they are gonna have to go into a full rebuild here. Jason Kelsey's not getting any younger. Zach Ertz is lucky he wasn't cut this offseason. He's likely gonna be a free agent or get cut next offseason. And there's a lot of guys that Brandon Graham's getting up there in age. Uh, Lane Johnson continues to use good years of his body on this awful football team. And so I think at 12, listen, I thought at six, they had a lot of questions about, do you go quarterback here? Do you go this? Do you go that? Now I think they're in a more comfortable spot. They'll sit back, see what comes to them. And I think, again, the realest part about the Giants, if they take Parsons, I think it opens it up for the Eagles to take a wide receiver because they need some playmaking. Honestly, they need some playmaking around Jalen Hurts. You know, I, I, I know they got some younger pieces, but I don't. it's not enough. I, I think you need to surround him again Jay on a rookie on a rookie contract. You gotta go get your quarterback weapons. You gotta go do it. Uh, so would you like this team going where with the twelfth pick? Likely wide receiver. That's where that's where I would go. And I don't know which one's gonna be available at that moment they in time. Fell too far. Yeah. But I mean, it's crazy to think of a week seventeen battle between them and the who who they play, the Washington football team? Yep. That was Doug Peterson's last game. Oh, geez. And now we're here. They don't even have the sixth pick. They have the 12th pick, and they're dead last in cap. Talk about a bad Super Bowl hangover. Right, but they're starting the rebuild because they're you, they're starting to gather picks and, and all this different stuff. And, again, I, they should use that to restock their football team. Now, a potential winner of our um, division will take it to last place with Washington football team. They're 10th in the cap, 19th in the draft, and have some big acquisitions of Curtis Samuel, Ryan Fitzmagic, and they've released Alex Smith. What do you like this team? Do you think this team has a chance to make a deep playoff oh. run with their defense? Or Let's be honest. As a fan, again, I can't stand this team. As a realist, I like this team. Yeah, I really like this team. They have a bone. Listen, Fitzmagic, again, he's one of those guys that when there's expectations, you know, it, it's, it just doesn't work. But when you count him out, he is he is as electrifying. Sunglasses, gold chain. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I mean, he got his face mask ripped off in Vegas last year, made that 40-yard, 50-yard throw True. It, it, with, with less than two minutes left. He He's a gamer, and, and that's what you love. So it, it's between him and, uh, uh, what is his name, Taylor Heineke Car Care Bowl. Yeah. I think that's his name, you know, so. <laughs> Uh, those two will be fun to watch, but again, McLaurin out there, 
Samuel, his former teammate, just five years ago they were teammates. Here they are playing together in the NFL. I'm pretty sure they were roommates at Ohio State. I believe State. so. I believe so. That makes sense. They're both wide receivers. Uh, Antonio Gibson there in the backfield. Uh, there's a lot to be excited about. And uh, I think, you know, your defensive line's really good. So I think probably in the draft, they, they look secondary, uh, I would imagine, just to shore up that back end. Because again, that front, that front, that front four, that front seven is electric, and it is really good. It's arguably the best in football, and they they proved the last year, especially their front four. They get after it. Now, say like a Mac Jones, a Trey Lance falls to them at nineteen. Is this team sure to lock up a quarterback? I don't think so. No. Uh, I don't think so. It's one of those teams that did. They kind of goes more after veteran quarterbacks. I think like Indianapolis does. Uh, they they they're often not looking for a project. They're looking for somebody they can be consistent with because they feel they can win in other ways. They can win with that defense and and win with, hopefully, mistake-free football. So that wraps up paydays and purges, the entire AFC, NFC, both conferences, all divisions, wrapped up before the draft. Now let's move on to something that will implicate and have impacts on the draft. It's a 17-game season they're proposing. Yeah. What do you like about this? What are they talking about? Let's break this down. Yeah, I like it. Listen, again, it's just more football. You know, the the league came out and they mentioned apparently they're going to double their revenue over the next 10 years, which, again, when you look back at the NFL, you, you get oh, between 2007 and 2009, you had the whole concussion thing first come out on paper. Then, you know, you had the... Uh, you had the movie concussion with Will Smith in it, and everybody's like, "Oh my goodness, they're gonna t- they, they, this is it for the NFL." All this research is coming out. They ended up doubling their profits by like 2017, <laughs> and now here we are again. They're gonna double their profits again, and it's just more football for us, Jolan. It's it, it's interesting, and it sets up some fun scenarios. You know, you, there are no more eight and eight teams. Uh, that will not be a thing. You either have a winning record or a losing record every year. Uh, sorry, Dallas fans. It's just the way life <laughs> is for you. Uh, back when they had three straight eight and eight seasons, uh, you're going to have to decide whether you're a winning or losing football team. But I, it is going to be interesting. I'm excited to see the official matchups, Jolan. I know there's been some formulas thrown out that have predicted matchups. Uh, I, I look forward to the full schedule release, which happens every year, uh, usually in about a month or so. I'd say late a- April, early May, they usually do the whole thing on ESPN. It's awesome. Uh, and you awesome. just find out which games you want to go to, which games are going to cost the least, uh, and, you, and you end up having a good time with it. So uh, it is interesting. It's great. It's more money in the pockets. It's more great football for the fans. So I, I can't complain. Do you think a Week 17 is going to help with the tanking situation in the NFL, i.e. last year, Eagles, Redskins? I think that Week 17 game is going to separate some of the in division rivals a little bit. I I honestly, you know, I I don't know. I I kind of like I kind of like the division rivals being played that that last game. I think that whole like division weekend, I think that's cool because again, you have so many races coming down to the wire, especially when you're in a divisional race. Uh so I, I'm kind of sad to see that go, but in terms of tanking, honestly, I I don't see it changing. I think teams are going to strategize just differently on how to do it. 
uh, and and find different ways. We'll have our first 0-17 team at some point uh, as opposed to 0-16. Browns fans, you're going to get off the hook at some point. Uh, when a team goes 0-17, unless it's you. That's actually you, really then, hard to do. Then you're in trouble. That extra game makes it seem more that much more impossible. Yeah. But 0-17 is too broad. But I will tell you, the, the interesting thing that they've changed this year to Jolan is now Monday Night Football can be flexed. So we should be getting the best football games on Monday night instead of I I E Jets Jaguars. Like I'm sorry, that's not the game we want to see on Monday night football. Uh, you know, maybe this year with the two new electrifying quarterbacks, but you understand what I'm talking about. There are games that you don't you're like, oh, why is that a Monday night football game? And so now they can be flexed out uh according according to the league. I believe that is going to start this year. I'm almost positive Thursday night footballs in 2023 are going exclusively at Amazon Prime. Amazon. You can blame Goose for that, him and his people. Yeah, that's, <laughs> uh, I'll take the blame on that one. But, uh, Joel, that's going to do it for the NFL. We're moving into the NBA where the trade deadline was this week. Some teams making moves. Down with the Nets. Down <laughs> down with the Nets. The Nets just find you know more ways to get players on their roster. They still have another roster spot open after signing Lamarcus Aldridge, who got bought out. But uh, you look at some of the deals. All the depot goes to the Heat. You know, before we get too far into other people, Lamarcus Aldridge signed with the Nets, and he came down to two choices: the Heat and the Nets. And the reason he didn't sign with the Heat is because they're in the middle of a six-game losing streak. Well, he wants to win. I hate the Nets. <laughs> he, he he wants to win now, doesn't he? And, and listen, if you want to win, the Nets are a good good team to go to this year. Uh, six former All Stars now, and, and and just just a great roster up and down. And, and like I said, they still have another roster spot. You know, I know they're still pursuing Andre Drummond and and all that stuff. He looks like he he'll eventually sign with the Lakers. That seems Celtics. like yeah. Well, <laughs> Celtics are down the toilet this year. Uh, another another Danny Ainge what if type year. Uh, the rumors were Aaron Evan, Gordon, Aaron, uh, Vucevic, <laughs> um, who else? Everybody. And and the rumor, <laughs> the, almost had the big one was Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier for for a bunch of picks well, and we Marcus Smart. We got Evan. Well, great. That's great. You got you got the worst of the three. Well, we beat Congratulations. the Bucks. We beat the Bucks marginally. <laughs> okay. I think it's a turnaround. I think it's a turnaround. Right. Evan's you literally be- got the worst of the three Magic players that were on the trading block. Congratulations. Um, you know, and Vucevic goes to Chicago. I thought that was an interesting deal. I like I like Chicago right now. Kobe White. They got Vucevic. They got... Zach Levine. Zach Levine. I'm missing a big name. Ooh. Ooh. We'll, we'll come back to you on we that We'll come back to it. But but they're, they're looking better. Orlando's in a full rebuild now, obviously. Uh, Aaron Gordon goes to Denver. Uh, I think that's a that's a very interesting location. That team's really good. That team is very good, and and Michael Porter Jr. taking the next step up. That's the most important. Lori Markkinen. Oh, Lori Markkinen. Yeah, yeah. stud, stud, so. stud. So Bulls are looking good. Bulls are looking good. The Nuggets are looking good. The Lakers are without LeBron James. I believe he was still playing the last time we were we, we were. were recording. So uh, if you, if you've been living under Patrick Starr's rock. Uh, LeBron James has a high ankle sprain. He's out four to six weeks. Uh, they, Melo also hurt his hand. Yep, he fractured his wrist. My my pick for rookie of the year. He still might win it. Surprisingly, he might. I I He'll doubt it. I doubt he will get votes. He will, and it and it will actually come down closer than I think people believe. But uh, no, he I I think he's out of it now. He's going to miss that big of a portion of the season. Uh, but LeBron will be out four to six weeks. 
And, uh, you know, again, you just you look online and you, you look at guys like Skip Bayless who are like, oh, he's the most durable athlete ever. He should only be out a week. That's not how it works. And we saw when he had that groin injury uh, two years ago, he came back too fast, tried to activate uh, zero dark 30, and it just the gear wasn't there. You know, so I think that's LeBron knows his body. He's got to find a way to be 100%. Anthony Davis, where you at, bro? When he's coming back, I don't have a clue if he's coming back at all. I think he's coming back sooner than later. I think he just got medically cleared. He started, I believe he started, I know he's been in shoot-around for about a week. Uh, I've seen that. But uh, that would be great news for them. Again, they could at least win a couple games. Because with the roster currently constructed, they're not doing too much. And they almost blew it up by trying to uh, trade for Kyle Lowry. They were going to trade Schroeder, KCP, and uh, 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 Horton Thucker. Hort- Horton Tucker, excuse me. Thucker, close. Yeah, yeah <laughs> there we go. Um, they were, they, but they held off. They didn't want to trade the young 20-year-old second-round pick. Uh, and 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 they did not make moves like that. Still got guys like Caruso and and Montrez Harrell. They even looked for him, but now again, maybe Andre Drummond is some help on the way that they need. So why aren't the Raptors moving off uh, Kyle Lowry? There's a bunch of talk. There's, there's all these um, Drake facetiming him. All these sad stories on his yeah. last night as a Raptor, and it wasn't his last night as a Raptor. Right. <laughs> What happened there? I I don't know honestly. It, it's it's one of it seemed like such a foregone conclusion, and it just didn't. The price was just too steep. I think for him leaving in a year uh, for think? for him, yeah, yeah. Especially with that fact, you know, and that's the thing too is any team that traded for him was going to have to sign him. They were going to have to get you know give him an extension, and it's just not something you wanted to do. And I think, but but why did the Raptors make the price so high? That's what they think of Kyle Lowry. They love him. He's a fran- he's an all-time franchise great, and you don't just give that away for a bag of Lay's potato chips and some sunflower seeds to go watch the Met game in a week. They did that for Chris Bosh, and look how that they, out. Right, <laughs> and it, yeah, did Little not turn. Walker free agency. Yep. The problem is career. Right. So, again, you would have wanted to get something, but uh, it's, you know, they, they did what they could, but free agency was fun, or uh, free agency. The trade deadline was fun. Uh, things heated up throughout the course of the day. It's great. Let's talk conference standings right now because it's interesting when you see the differential of yep. gameplay between the West and the East. If you are a seven seed right now in the West, you would be the fourth seed right now in the East. Well, fourth seed right now is Charlotte, isn't it? It is. Now let's let's talk about the last ten games though, because the best um, records of the last ten games are both the Seventy Sixers and the Nets and the Bucks. Actually, they're all eight and two. Are those three teams separating themselves from the East, and do any of those teams have a chance to beat anybody from the West? They should be seceding from the East. That That is how they should go. <laughs> they should fully form their own conference because they are head and shoulders above the rest. Well, they're all in the it, same conference. I believe it's I believe it's sh- it's Charlotte, Charlotte, the Knicks are in there. Listen, the Hawks like, at six. And the Knicks, at the Knicks play hard. Like, but like, I mean, come on, the, we, the, the Hawks, eh. No, sorry. And even if you got to the playoffs, you just trade away your best playoff performer and Rajon Rondo to the Clippers. That's another deal we didn't even talk about. Lou Williams headed to back to Atlanta, uh, where he got the name Lemon Pepper Lou last year when he went to the strip club before coming back. Um, but no, Jolan, I think those teams have clearly separated themselves. I think they have firepower enough to play with some of the teams in the West. But I will tell you, when healthy. 
it should be Nets Lakers in the finals. I I you like I, the Jazz though from the West. None of the those Jazz. Suns. No, I do not I like love the Suns. I do not like the Jazz. The <laughs> Suns are about as young as I am, and and, and they have right. But again, you also your leader is Chris Paul, who we've seen some of these big playoff runs has unfortunately sustained uh, sustained injuries, and and that that would derail that team in a big big way. Uh, especially, like I said, with all the young talent they have, guys that haven't been to the postseason, uh, it, it could derail them. I'm not. I when the Lakers are healthy, I am not a fan of those two teams. So you got Nets Lakers if everyone's healthy. Now, who's your MVP, barring all these injuries? Yeah, MV. It's hard, man. I I, I think Jokic. Jokic. I I was listening to some sports talk, and Jokic, if he were to win it, he'd be the worst defensive player to ever win MVP. That's uh, fair. And, and I believe it's a stat going back a little while. MVPs have played on top 10 defenses. Kobe. Ste- Steph did it. Uh, LeBron did it. KD did it. All, uh, James Harden Steve did it. Nash and his All two. these guys. You know, I think Steve Nash was the last one, I believe, or maybe the only MVP to play for a absolutely horrendous defense. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's one of those things. Jokic is a hard sell. Uh, James Harden, again, I I think he just seems like the people's pick. Uh, right now, it just seems like people are falling in love with that pick. Uh, uh, again, I, I want to see that. Te- if that team was healthy, I don't think we'd, I don't think we'd hear any, I don't think we'd hear any James Harden talk for MVP. Because again, when you have a three-headed monster like that, they'll split it from each other. That's usually that's just how it works. I think Dame's a dark horse. I think Dame is a guy to watch. He he usually finishes the season strong, at least going into the playoffs. And what we're told is this is this is a regular season award. I think Dame Lillard's a guy to watch out for. Now let's let me ask you something about uh, Russ Westbrook here because he's back on pace again to average a triple double for the season. It would be his fourth when the rest of the league entirely only has one. Do you think um, a guy like Russell Westbrook? Him getting those stats is affecting people negatively. Like I think he's one of the best players of all time. And he's just getting crap for it. Like, do you think his him playing that way is not winning basketball? Well, it is blatant stat padding. I will I will tell you that. I think it's I think it's very clear when you watch it uh, that he stat pads. But what I listen that team there's not a lot there. You know what I mean? Like there, it, it's different. You can say that against when he was playing for Houston last year, and we saw it. His style of basketball really cost them against the Lakers last year. Now, I don't think they beat the Lakers if he played perfect basketball, but I think they give him a, a much more difficult series, absolutely. And his reckless abandon at times is a, is a huge contributor to that. Drummond's going to the Lakers. Drummond is going to the Lakers. Yep. Uh, so they finally get some rebounding. Oh, jeez, uh, Should have been a Celtic. Wow. Sorry for banging the desk. It's okay. <laughs> should have been a Celtic. It should have been a Celtic. Well, there's, you know, listen, you can thank Danny Ainge for that because there's a lot of guys. The the should-be Celtics team is an all-time fran- is an all-time great team. Oh, it, it's just the unbelievable. And everything. We're getting alive. Oh, man. Good look Lord, look at man. look at us on the Aired Out podcast. But, uh, guys, that's going to do, uh, do it for the NBA. The NBA has been a lot of fun to watch. We're going to talk a little more basketball, Joel, on the NCAA tournament is going on. We're in the Sweet 16, moving to the Elite Eight. 
Uh, it's a lot of fun. You got great teams out there like Oregon, USC, UCLA, Bama, Michigan, Florida State, Creighton, and Gonzaga. That's a fun matchup. You had some great matchups yesterday. Loyola, Chicago against Oregon State. A true year of parity. There is no really blue blood, Jolan, that I would say is really in it. Like, who's the blue blood? UCLA? Like, they haven't been great in years. Uh, Michigan? Gonzaga? Yeah, you can but make the argument Gonzaga's been I the think, top of basketball for a I, bit now. See, I would agree with that if Gonzaga had won a national title uh, at, at some point few, during. Though, right? They so I believe they went to one national title game, uh, and they've been eliminated in the Elite Eight, I believe, a good amount. Yeah, and then um, they had a Final Four run where they lost too. Yeah, yeah. But you know, and you had Nova versus Baylor's another team that's moving on. Nova has a couple chips, 2016, 2019, yep. I believe. Yep. So, but they got bounced by Baylor, a not not a blue blood you're right. for sure. Uh, Arkansas, not necessarily a blue blood, and Houston. Syracuse got bounced yesterday by Houston. Yeah. 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 I mean, I would I, Syracuse would be Syracuse right. If they were to make it, but there is no true blue blood. In this tournament, no Kentucky, no Duke, no, no UNC, no Kansas. This is Michigan State. Michigan State's it's, out. It's a weird year. It's an open uh, year. It, it really. It, we had Oral Roberts in the Sweet Sixteen. Played phenomenal. They, they had they had, really they were one shot away from going to the Elite Eight. Literally, you know. And Syracuse, you mentioned Buddy Beheim. You know, all, all those guys. Sister Jean and Lola Chicago made another oh, run yeah. this year. Yeah, yeah, with Kurt, uh, Kurtwig, which was their big guy. He's awesome to watch with the stash. Uh, just a lot of fun to watch, and they they've done a good job in Indiana. Uh, they they've done a great job in that state. Who do you like to win it? Who do I like to win? It's got to be Gonzaga. I, I right? think it's I think it's Gonzaga. Yeah. But but it, it that's something that irks me in my stomach because it just seems it reminds me so much of that uh, Kentucky team a couple of years ago. Yeah. Like it was theirs to lose, and then guess what? They lost. He got hot, and uh, Sam Decker got hot, and then right. boom, Wisconsin's national right. Titles. But the so if Gonzaga wins it, they'll end up thirty two and zero. Coincidentally, that was the last time a team went unbeaten. I believe it was Bob Knight's Indiana team back in the seventies. Their final record, 32-0. and And uh, so, I, 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 again, like I said, this screams Gonzaga. But it also, because of that reason, you wonder who could knock them off. I think Creighton can give them a game. Bama? Instead of beat, getting beat by 50, they'll get beat by 25. Uh, <laughs> Bama, listen, 25, Bama can shoot the lights out the gym. And and that's the thing people don't understand. They go, oh, that's a football school. They can shoot the lights out the gym. But they, you live and die by the three. And if they go cold, it's over. But if they go hot. Right. We saw that against Maryland. I believe they put up 96 points against Maryland. So when they're hot, it's great. When they're cold, good night, nurse. That's that's about it. And, I mean, Oregon State making a run to the Elite Eight. Uh, Oregon or USC, the Pac-12, great or- showing. Oregon State beat Oklahoma State to advance, correct? Uh, they no, did. they beat Loyola Chicago. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Two rounds ago, I'm thinking of. You're right. Yep. So the it was just it's just an awesome tournament. It's been huge. It's been a lot of games. Awesome. A couple day delay has thrown me off entirely. Yep. And I believe we had we had one team removed at the beginning of this tournament. Uh, it, we were headed into the second round, and one team had tested had had a player or two test positive and uh, left the NCAA tournament. I'll but other up, so other than that. that, other than that, it's been a pretty clean tournament. Uh, they've done a good job with the bubble. Obviously, we know the bubble works. Uh, it, it wasn't it wasn't that hard to figure out. Buffalo Wild Wings was uh, g- 
giving the players a bunch of meals. They served over a thousand in one day. Crazy. It was VCU that had the COVID protocols, and right. Oregon ended up advancing. That's what so, it was. And the, yep, it was the uh, it was in the round of sixty four. Virginia Commonwealth University. Yep, and so that was not good. And that Ooh. actually that stemmed, I think, through an official somehow. So that was a very weird scenario. They had a bunch of officials sent home before the NCAA tournament uh, for testing positive and being in close contact. So now let me ask wacky you stuff. Is it right to give um, Virginia Commonwealth the automatic L and advanced Oregon, or what do you like there? Listen, is it a protocol thing? There, there is nothing the NCAA could do. I, I think there's no way they could postpone that game. There's no way they could, you know, make them up at a later date. Because again, with the virus, the incubation period being two to ten, two to fourteen days. You know, there, there's nothing, there's nothing you can do uh, in my eyes that would make that a fair situation. You know, and play the game in time. For the next round, because the next you only got it one day off, so they they had no choice. This they had zero choice at all. I mean, it's crazy. It's it's been a crazy year, but I'm glad we finally got tournament basketball back. It's been good for the people, been better for the kids. I'm waiting for the one shining moment I'm, at the end. Yeah, I, I love there's that. Something there's always something. I mean, there's always those players too that stand out tremendously. A couple guys on Oral Roberts looked really good. Yep. Um, but some of those guys are really raising their draft stocks. Yeah, and and it's terrific to watch, and and obviously we'll see how that continues and how that ends up. Uh, Joel, let's talk a little baseball. Opening day is coming up this Thursday, I believe, April first, uh, is opening day in in Major League Baseball. It's going to be a lot of fun. New York's going to have uh, fans in stands. Uh, if you want to go to a Met game, I believe their home opener is April eighth. They're going to start in D.C. Sadly on ESPN because I want to hear guys Gary Keith and Ron, uh, but. Their home opener, I believe, is going to be April eighth, and to get to the game, you have to show proof of one of the fo- uh, one of the next three. You have to show proof of full vaccination. You have to uh, a a PCR a PCR test uh, COVID test within the last three days, the last seventy two hours. That's if you have it for the antibodies, correct? I think. Uh, no, that's that's just the regular nose swab. Oh, okay. Yep, yep. That or. A rapid test, six hour, six hours or less to game time. So it, it, it is, it is intriguing, and there's a lot of different ways you can get there. Again, if you feel safe and you you've got one of those three, go out and enjoy the ball game. It, you know, that's I encourage people to continue to get out. The Mets got an an exciting team this year. The Yankees, again, they should always be excited. They they should always have expectations to reach the World Series. Period. That I I say I say it every year, and I, and I know I'm a Met fan, but I don't care. I say it every year. They should go to the World Series, but the Mets got a lot to be excited for, Joel. And I think Lindor will get signed before he needs to before opening day. That's a huge thing for the Mets. Well, here's why I'm kind of comfortable. Steve Cohen's back on Twitter, and he's kind of asking people like, "What would you give Lindor?" So oh, I think geez. the money's there. <laughs> like I don't. Yeah, think that's an no, issue. the mo- <laughs> the I money is not a problem. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see how that all fo- unfolds next week. Eric Moltner is going to be with us, and we're going to go division by division. We're going to really break this down. Who's going to win Cy Young, Jacob DeGrom? Uh, who's going to win NL MVP, Pete Alonso? <laughs> um, but no, we're, we're going to get down to the nitty-gritty. We're going to talk about it, and we're going to have a lot of fun. Joel, on just some other things. Uh, Cubs prospect last week was caught with 21 oh, yeah. pounds of meth. Drug mule. And a pound and a half of oxycodone. So they literally, I'm not even kidding when I say this, I'm pretty sure he was connected. He had to have been connected to the cartel to have that much. One. Two, I'm pretty sure because of his like easy access with planes, they might have made that man a drug mule and paid him off. You know D, like, division, whatever it is, baseball, does not get paid a lot. 
Yeah, well, he was a Cubs prospect. I don't but know if he will be. He's not yeah, yeah, I do he's not believe so. Federal for life. <laughs> that is that is an unreal amount. Uh, I don't know what a regular amount is, but 21 pounds seems like a lot. Yeah, no, like <laughs> like pounds of any drug seems like a problem. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, Over international lines, right. you're going to jail, buddy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we look around the uh, NCAA wrestling championships were last weekend. Shane Griffith from uh, Bergen Catholic High School now wrestling at Stanford, Ooh. who he wore an all-black singlet because Stanford is getting rid of their wrestling program. And Joel, and I, I pose this question to you. Would this happen in any other sport? Would Alabama go win a national title and they take away the football team? Would Michigan State go win the March Madness and they take the sport away? It, it's just, I, I can't explain it. He went out and won a national title. I mean, the problem with um, sports right now, especially you see it a lot in women's basketball, is you see the clear-cut... Um, Disparities. The spending and the disparities based on what you draw on TV-wise. But here's the thing. If you had invested properly into the wrestling program and put them on a bunch of television networks, they had a ton of studs. They could have made you money. Right. they didn't, they decided to pull the plug early, which is, I'm talking last October, November, because they had no qualifying prospects. And now they have a national title. Right. And, and but, but here's my problem. We're talking about a school like Stanford. We're not talking about St. John's, Louisiana A&M here. We are talking about Stanford. Okay, they've got the endowment. They've got the money. And yes, we have seen some disgusting disparities. They kept the water polo. In the, right. We, you know, and again, both of those programs should be playing. And I, I Joel, on the disparities we've been talking about, the, the glaring, glaring disparities, the NCAA clearly doesn't even want to bother trying to hide any of it. Uh, they're, I mean, they they're try just, to hide the women's weight room for the tournament until they got exposed. Well, yeah, they, but that's Disgusting. what I'm saying. They didn't even try. Yeah. You know, they, they didn't even put in an effort, and that's that's the embarrassing part, I think, for the NCAA and something they have to continue to work on. No. But, Joel, I know, I know you've got some big news out of Pompton Lakes, uh, some good news, some great news, I have actually. Some very, very big news. Um, a former alumni from our town high school, Pompton Lakes, uh, Jackie Dubrovich, is going to the Olympics for fencing. That's, she went to Columbia, graduated in uh, 2012, and now she's going to Tokyo in 2021, which should have been last year, but obviously because of the pandemic, right. we're moving forward. Pompton's got an Olympian. That's awesome. Congratulations to her, and, and we wish her all the best in Tokyo. That's that's amazing. For for such a small town, we've got an Olympian To put on now. for America, to put on for New Jersey, to put on for us. We've got an Olympian, and, and we, we've got a lot, lot more. Well, Joel, on that's going to do it for the Air It Out podcast. I just want to remind folks, you can find me on WTBQ and WGHT with the Goose and Doc show every Saturday at 1215, uh, taking you up to 2 p.m., I'll be live at Warwick Wildcat football, usually Friday nights. This week we'll have a Thursday night game. Uh, it, it's a lot of fun. It's high school football in spring. They didn't get to play in the fall, but they get to play in the spring. And it's a great thing they do for the kids. And uh, you can always reach me on Twitter, at Gosker56, on Instagram, at Goose on the Mic. Reach out, comments, concerns. Rate us on Apple. Rate us on Spotify. Wherever you can rate us, give us five stars. And uh, we hope to continue to take this thing to the moon. Um, yeah, and you can follow me at Good Old Joel's on Instagram and Twitter, or you can follow the show at Podcast Air It Out on Twitter and Air It Out Podcast on Instagram. I'll be getting more into using those. I'm not the best with social medias and stuff like that anymore, but we will turn it around. I promise you that, Goose. Of course, and listen again uh, next week. It's episode 44. Uh, that's going to be the Hank Aaron episode, a guy, we, a guy we lost, Ahmad Bradshaw, too. Uh, great, great number already. Uh, here we go as we continue to take this thing. 
Uh, Upward will be back next week, we promise. Eric Moltner should be joining us. And, uh, Jolan, until next week and until baseball is back. Put in the books. (laughs) 